Yo, what up, what up, y'all? This is DJ Emac, and this is the K-Cam Show. Earlier, we saw, we said we were going to discuss... Gotta get that out of there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to discuss about the Grammys. Um, first, I want to give some shot, shots out to um, Cardi B. Congratulations on your Grammy nod and your Grammy Congratulations, Drake, on your Grammy nod and your Grammy. Surprisingly, I want to congratulate Childish Gambino. Okay. Um, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, whatever you want to call them. Um, He got, I think he got album of the year, song of the year, something like that. I got to do my check and see, but he won a Grammy. It was like off like shocking because it was a lot of people that deserve who had good music and i i'm kind of iffy on that you know what i'm saying um i'm kind of feeling kendrick lamar like he he's like almost there right now as one of the top lyricists top artists that came from the west coast you know what I'm saying? Usually West Coast, they talking about low riding and weed and um, police and sets and game banging. But he came left field with this like lyrical hip hop Eminem type shit. But he's more grounded. I'm 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 feeling him. And um, Pusha T. Um, I'm feeling Pusher. I'm feeling Kendrick Lamar, but I don't think Childish Gambino is a good lyricist as far as those guys are concerned. He's okay, but these guys don't put in work. Dude, you just came out of nowhere. You're a good actor. Don't get me wrong. You, you, you're a multi-talented person. You, you can tell comedy. You can act. You can sing. You can rap. You can't dance, but we ain't gonna hold that against you. But you are, are a multi-talented person. I give my, I commend you. You 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 started off doing what you had to do, and you put that hard work in. You got your own production company. You have companies, and, and you you know how to keep your 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 separation from Hollywood to entertainment to comedy. You know you know how to separate them out. So. One minute you can be Donald Glover, the comedian. Then you can be Childish Gambino, the rapper, or Childish Gambino, the singer or entertainer. You know, I'm, I, I commend you, but I just didn't think you deserved that Grammy. <laughs> Everybody deserves something, but I don't. I don't know. That's my opinion. But I'm welcome to anybody's opinion. Um, the Grammys was hot. Um, Cardi B, the outfit she wore. Earlier, I was like, what the hell is this? What does she have on? It was so crazy. And Offset, he was looking like, hey, she got that money. Hey, I don't care. I'm... She could look like she's in an oyster or a pearl in an a, a, a oyster or a shell. I don't know what the hell the dress was. I don't know who designed it, who made it, whatever. It was a weird looking outfit. And I wouldn't have been caught with my girl walking to no extravagant event. But I don't it's like it's hard to say, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, when you got a controversial artist, you want to do controversial 
things like you want to present that controversial image. So you do things for everybody to talk about because that's what uh, fame is. Fame is being known for something and people are talking about it. So the, the more indirect you are, the more outlandish you are, the more crazy you dress, the more wild shit you do or the wild shit you say. That's none threatening, of course, but, you know, attention, you know, and the only way to get attention in, 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 uh, in hip hop is to do some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's everything I believe is set up, but artists get pulled over. It's been like for years, decades, artists getting pulled over for marijuana and guns. That's been going on in hip hop since, since hip hop started. So, you know, that's old news. Now, like, they was like, before, remember back in the days in the 90s, rappers was getting pulled over for guns and weed and shit, but you ain't never hear about them going to jail. They'd be like, there's possible jail time if there's convicted, and you never hear nothing else about it. Then, after a while, it was the hip hop police that was targeting rappers, and the hip hop police still exist. So, they, they have an agenda because it's organized crime and they know that some of these record labels or most of them or all of them damn near are ran by the mafia or they have some type of insight or some type of dealings with these labels to keep them running or functional. You know, a black gangster, yeah, cool. You know, a black mobster, yeah, cool. But when it boils down to that penny, you know, on the dollar and the 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 economy and all that and the budget and the, the signing bonus all, all that's the mob and that's why these artists like are scared for their lives and want to like go be a preacher after they done did all this dirt and they found God and they don't want to rap no more they don't want to sing no more they, they, they just want to live a normal life you know it's the mob you sign a contract with the mafia. You're like, and, and it's scary. If you you're a commodity now. You're you you're 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 like sort of like a, a a brand. You know what I'm saying? Like a a, a six pack of fucking Pepsi Cola. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just one can out of that six pack of Pepsi. You know what I'm saying? But they brand you with a different color can. In a different effect, you know what I'm saying? Instead of a blue can, you get a red can and you got a gold. Instead of a silver topping, you got gold topping and gold bottom aluminum. And they put you out there to advertise. They do the commercials. They do the runs. They make you look good, feel good. Everybody's excited. Everybody wants to get you. And then, bow. They get you and they, they get a taste of what you have. And they're like, hey, this is just like regular Pepsi. I don't, I don't care for this shit. Ain't nothing different about it. So then you try to come with some new gimmick, you know, clear Pepsi and a gold can. Then you come with that. Everybody like fancy about it, tripping about it because it's an eye opener. And then after a while, it gets old and then nobody wants it no more. Then it sits on the shelf because nobody's buying it. And then when nobody's buying it, they discontinue it. But investors put their money into it because they thought it was going to be a good idea. And it was going to make a lot of money and it doesn't. So now the person that suffers is the artist or that can of Pepsi <laughs> or the, the person that put that brand that put that image together. So that's what goes on in hip hop. You know, 
and then after they they shelf you because you're not doing you're not the hottest thing right now and you're not doing good in numbers and album sales and that money's not coming back in that bonus they gave you they don't give you a million dollar signing bonus just to put in your pocket in good faith they put that in your pocket because that's how much they determine that you're going to revenue and make back for them so if they put a million dollars in there they expect two million back you don't get half of that two million they want their money that they put into you and they want money off of that. Only way you get paid as an artist is going on the road, doing guest appearances, sponsors, um, radio shouts, um, getting those side gigs as far as like um, little movie deals or clothing deals or alcohol deal or blunt rap deal or some type of deal or a radio broadcast or a radio station or some some other type of avenue where you can generate some money. Because right now, if you're not doing well, you're going to sit on the shelf and you can't go nowhere. So if you're just an artist that's signed and you ain't do well and you ain't make no money, they're going to keep your music, your masters and your publishing. And then that's when some artists like, well, fuck it. I owe X amount of dollars to this label. Well, sign over your publishing. You sign over your publishing. You sign over all the rights to all the songs. So now you're not getting paid for none of them songs. Now you can't perform them songs. Now you can't use that image. Now you can't use that name because all that belongs to them. So now you're just a nobody. You can't record. You can't do nothing under the previous act. But everybody recognizes your face for a certain thing. So now you have to um, either start your own label with your own homeboys and have them manage it. And you're, you're the quiet, silent partner. And then you're coming out with mixtapes. In doing shows That's the only way You're going to stay afloat So it's it's really Fucked up So the Grammys Is right along With that situation But um I just want to give y'all A little my feed On the industry If anybody Experienced anything In the industry Or know anything About the industry Please feel free To call us At 779-210-8940 that's the number to call if you want to call in and leave your comments or your suggestions. This is DJ E and you're listening to KCAM Radio. What's up, y'all? We got a special guest in the building. He needs no introduction. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We got Mr. Carter in the building today, y'all. We're going to be interviewing Jay-Z. Yes, J to the A to the Y to the Z. Um, Young Ho, um, Mr. Carter. You feel me? So, um, we're going to be like really sitting down and chopping it up with him. So, um, with no further introduction, let me just get to it. My boy, Jigger. What's up, man? What's going on? Nothing, nothing, man. I'm just chilling right now. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, so, um, let's, let's get into it. Let's, let's talk about some things. Yeah, yeah, all right. What's up? Yo, man, I'm a big, big, huge fan of yours, first of all. Yo, so um, I want to know what it was like when you was recording um, Reasonable Doubt. Well, 
when I was recording Reasonable Doubt, man, um, I had a mind frame that I didn't want to, we didn't want to be um, associated. We didn't want to be with a label. We wanted our own label, you know? So, um, me, Dane, um, Biggs, Kareem Biggs. We all decided this like we're gonna fund this ourselves. We're gonna put this money together. We're gonna make this this happen. We're gonna do this promotion to advertise. We already had a good connection and a relationship with Def Jam. But Def Jam wanted us to be the new face of Def Jam. You know what I'm saying? But we already had our own revenue. We had Rockefeller Records. They was just, you know, had dollars, points on the dollar. You know, they was helping us with the promotion. They was helping us with the marketing. It was helping us with distribution. But we was a self-contained unit already, you know. So when we got into it, we was doing our little thing, one, two thing. And, you know, it became a struggle between Def Jam and Rap-A-Lot and, and other labels. But um, Rockefeller, we didn't want that ass-kissing point of view of being associated with Def Jam. Def Jam, yeah, you got your name, you got to protect your name, but Rockefeller is a name that everybody wants to look for. So when Rockefeller came along, we decided that we was going to make our name more important. That's why we had to go with the the fancy logo with the champagne bottle and the record. and You know, we did it like a little bit extra. But in the long run, you know, the team... It was a good team. And what was going on in my mind was like, I, I'm just rapping. You know what I'm saying? I was just rapping at the time. And um, I was just coming up with with concepts and ideas and producers was coming with me. And they was like, this is going to be the next hot thing. Because I was already doing my own thing, battling on the streets. You know what I'm saying? So by me battling on the streets, I, I battled like every person in Tata. He was the one bringing me to these battles. You know what I'm saying? To the point I was, I met DMX way before DMX got put on, way before I got put on. We had this like pool hall rap battle and it went back and forth, back and forth to way hours of the night. And like everybody said it was a tie, but you know, um, but when I was in the studio right now, I was thinking about all this stuff that I've been through and what I've came to and where I'm at now. So, um, a lot was dancing on in my head. I was still balling at the time. I was still doing, you know, extra activities. So my mind wasn't really focused on rap. I did it because I was nice and people said I was nice. And I did some stuff with um, Jazzo. And I posted got signed with Jazzo on his label, but fell through when he got shelved. And so... I was like, fuck it. I got to move on and do my own thing. Can I say fuck it on the show? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did my own thing. And then me, Biggs, and Dane, we got together and we did something. We came out with reasonable doubts. We went to some labels. Labels wasn't having it. Labels wasn't feeling it. Labels was on their bougie shit as as they are. And we was like, well, we can find, we can sponsor this ourselves. They go, a shoebox full of money. Get this record played. You know what I'm saying? We was like payola, even though it's wrong to do now, but we was paying radio stations, we was paying DJs, we was paying everybody to make this out. We had a street team, we had the street team going out there, nothing but reasonable doubt wherever you went. Dane put that together. He wrapped a, a old looking Mercedes 
I think he had a Mercedes at the time. We got a Mercedes. I think it was a Mercedes or Audi, uh, Audi, and we wrapped it with Reasonable Doubt, you know, logo on it, and we went out promote and we just advertised Reasonable Doubt, Reasonable Doubt. So wherever you saw it, we had connections. Then we we he did his homework. We did our homework, but Dame really was the mastermind and did his homework on that. Shout out to Dame and Biggs. Um, once we got world recognized. From reasonable doubts, it was all the way in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So you have to go global. So we had somebody that was marketing or a promotional marketing person that made sure this went to different cities. So we was everywhere: Atlanta, Georgia, Cleveland, what, what, all fifty states. We targeted and we we sent out promotional materials to marketing and promoters in those towns that really had a name. You know what I'm saying? So. Basically, that's what we did. And when it was going on around that time, I was just coming up with concepts and thinking about stuff that I was went through in my life. And um, Ain't No Nigga, um, which was on the CD with um, Foxy Brown. Shout out to my girl, Foxy. Um, we did that track and we didn't expect nothing of it. We just like, she, she was dope. And my boy was like, man, get this girl right here. She, she fine and she can rap. And I'm like, come on now. You know, I was looking for my own little image or my own little female rapper that can hold down some shit. That was cold. Like, you know, Biggie had Kim. I wanted Jay-Z. I want to have somebody. So, um, sort of speak that Barney and Clyde type thing. So, I took a liking to Foxy, her rap style and her 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 energy. Um, but her crew was with Queen Bridge and she was Nas's Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> so um that kind of fell through a little bit, but we were still cool. We did our thing. And um I didn't have uh a uh so I had um Million and I got her. So she was dope. I like the voice, the swag, the style, but it was just like her management kind of messed everything. Yeah, because I was about to mention what happened to um a million, a million, a million, whatever her name, a million. <laughs> he said whatever her name is. Yeah, a million, uh, a million. She um was a dope rapper. This had issues. She like was too diva. She was too Hollywood and she was like, I need this. I need, you know, you can't do that with street rappers. You know what I'm saying? You can't treat street rappers that have a company like their suit and tie executives at a big corporate record company. Like you can go to Capitol Records and you can bitch and moan and complain. And if they kissing your ass and they like your music and your music doing good, they're going to kiss your ass back. They're going to give you what you want. You can like pout and be spoiled and they're going to cater to your ego. But when you're dealing with a, a street rapper or street hustlers that form their own label and you come with that Hollywood diva shit, it's two things going to happen. They're either going to tell you, no, nah, you know, check yourself and you had to cool the fuck out and ride the ship or they're going to let you go. And unfortunately, you know, it got out of hand to the point where, like, look, we can let you go. We can clear you from the contract. So basically, that's what it was. It wasn't no hard feeling, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, um, we're here right now. DJ Emac, KCAM Radio, 
We're here sitting here with Jay Z, Jigga Man, Hove, and we're gonna be talking some more. We're gonna be talking about um, things that they've done. Um, you brought a lot of artists into the game, man. If you don't know that or not, but you brought a lot of guys into the game. Um, Young Guns, um, Freeway, Benny Siegel, um, Kanye West, Rick Ross, Rihanna. You bring a lot of people into the game, man. Yeah. Um, Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you like, it's surprising when you find raw talent and then you put them in front of the microphone or in front of the camera and then they come out to be successful like they are and they're selling millions and millions and, mil- and making millions and millions of dollars. And it's all owed to you. How do you feel about that? Well, um, I'm I'm humble. You know what I'm saying? I can't really say too much about that. Um, I give everybody an avenue. I, I give them a vision. I see a vision. I, uh, I paint that vision for them, and I tell them what I expect that vision to be and what it should look like. But it's up to the artist all the time. It's up to the actor, the artist, or the singer, whoever, that they carry out what their plans are as far as I don't take nothing away from their creativity, but I give them an idea of what I want to pursue them or not pursue, but how do I want them to be far as the image? So um, once I, I meet a person, I'm like, yeah, this person, you know, everybody has an eye for talent. If you're in the music business or entertainment business, you got to have an eye for talent. You know what's hot and what's not. You know this person, even though he's like non-existent to everybody else in the world, to you, you can see that star quality and you just start working with him and put money behind him. And he's going to make that money. So that's basically what I did. I just looked for raw talent and lucked up. <laughs> well, you lucked up a lot because you like Rick Ross, he's doing good. He has Maybach Music Group now and he's signing Meek Mills. Uh, Meek Mills is starting to his own. You got Rihanna, she's doing her thing. You got Kevin Hart, he got hard, hard beat productions, and he's doing movies, he's doing comedy shows, he's selling out arenas now. At first, he was just doing nightclubs and small circuits and, and little theaters. Now, the boy is doing arenas. How crazy is that? You know what I'm saying? We was doing like concerts. And, you know, first you start with hole in the wall clubs to little theaters to big theaters to, um, Sports centers, like with arenas where they have basketball and, you know, basketball arenas, that's kind of always going to be, you know, you can be minor rapper in the game and do a, a a basketball arena or a place where people go play sport, like watch basketball, right? That's simple. That's not. But when you sell out arenas like a football stadium, come on, man. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Um. And that's what we try to be. We try to be the next person to push the envelope further. And that's basically what it is. But, all right, we're going to take a break. You want to stick around or you, you got to go? All right, well. Okay. But before you go, Jiggerman has to leave, y'all, because he has a flight. But I want to thank you, man, for stopping in for a minute, talking to me, talking to the people on my podcast and letting them know what's going down and 
about Jay-Z. And hopefully next time you have enough time to sit down and chill and talk and chop it up with us, man. The pleasure was mine, man. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, I would love to come back sometime and talk to you or, you know, get in contact with you. And yeah, you holler at my people. I, I talk to your people. That sounds too Hollywood. <laughs> but Jigga, yeah, I, I respect you, man. You like a really really a vocal point in my life far as when I was down sometimes I play your music it motivated me in the gym life situations all that you know what I'm saying so I really respect you for that thank you very much I respect that and I appreciate that and I hope that what I've done over the years people can look at and see that it's a living progress that you can become something from nothing you know what I'm saying just put your money into it hustle Save your money. Put your money up. Don't trick off your money. Don't spend your money. Just save it. Save it. If you don't want to do banks, you ain't got to do banks. You keep it in plastic bags, shoebox, whatever. But save your money up. Try to save up at least about 2000 So my goal is to tell people it's a challenge. $2,000 challenge. Whatever bills you got to pay out of that stack, pay your rent. Pay your bill. Pay your, your cell phone bill and your rent. The rest, put that shit to the side, man. And let that shit cake up. So when the summer come, you're rolling in a nice car or you got nice clothes. Either or. Or you can open up a business. I, I suggest that people get into the stock market. Yeah, I really do. They got apps right now that you can just, you know, get a little bank account. A little, a little petty little bank account. And start putting your money into stocks. And letting that money do and letting that money make itself. You know what I'm saying? So you can be able to be happy with the outcome. So you gotta have something to fall back on, especially if you're out here trying to build a, a life for yourself and for your family. Cause you got other people that's working for you that got families too. You know what I'm saying? And they got bills and they got issues and they got stuff. They got car notes, light bills, education, school, kids, all that. So you got a big responsibility when you a person in my shoes, so to speak. So I try to make all the decisions, the right decision. I try to convince other people to make the right decision. Um, but thank you. I appreciate the time coming on. Um, love the show, man. Everybody pay attention to this man. This man is going to be the next, next hot thing. What's much, much respect to DJ Emac, K cam radio. This your boy. I'm out. Peace.